Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right, <clears throat> we are finally back. You know, we took like an extended break since the last episode. A lot um, of water going under the bridge. We've got a lot to talk about. It's probably like a massive episode. Um, what was the last game we covered? It was before Coventry. Hull, weren't it? Hull, Hull, Hull on the Saturday night. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, you've, you were in Malta then, and then I was in Benidorm for the. Yeah. For the weekend after that, so so yeah, we've both been very busy. We've not a chance to record another episode since then. So we've got four games to cover. Obviously, looking ahead to Monday's game away at Millwall, and then we've got some club matters to discuss as well, and general football matters. So we'll go in uh, not numerical order, date order, and we'll start with Coventry at home. Which was a Tuesday night game? Wednesday, wasn't it? Wednesday night game. Uh, our game in hand. And we just didn't really take advantage of it, really, did we? No, not really. Um, I thought we often puffed really, really a bit in the first half. But, I mean, that goal from Gallagher kind of um, papered over that a bit. You it was know, the only was, chance, really, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, um, and it was about... Get about five six minutes for our time, so our time everyone was kind of like, you know, the players were going and everyone was a bit, you know, upbeat. Um, but yeah, second half we didn't really create any chances um, to make it two nil, um, and then obviously conceding the last minute to yeah. a dubious goal. I mean, was it handball? Uh, it is handball. Um, but I'm not annoyed at the officials or I'm not annoyed at the goalkeeper for doing it because I'd want our goalkeeper to if he had a chance to have ball into the net in the last minute to put us in the playoffs I want our goalkeeper to do it 
not annoyed at the officials for missing it. I'm annoyed at the fact that he's allowed to handball. And it wasn't like a, a good cross. It wasn't as no. Uh, and there's three players. It was Carter, Travis and Diaz all underneath the ball before it got to the goalkeeper and none of them had the ball. And I just think yeah. if you want to get promoted, if you want to get in the playoffs, you can see the corner in the 95th minute just, just go and head the ball. Yeah. It doesn't take... It shouldn't take three players marking one player to miss the ball for it to land at the goalkeeper. And I know some people have like highlighted that Smodic was marking him beforehand. Um... Which I don't really understand because... That's a, that's a mismatch, really, isn't it, considering yeah. the height of Wilson. But I just think... It, I can understand if the cross were a good and like it were high and whipped and Wilson's the first person who can make contact with it, but it's the fact that it goes through a crowd of players and yeah, one's a centre-back, one's your captain. I mean, you look at the, the replay, like people were showing slow-mo videos to show the handball and Diaz turns his back. I mean, that's... That's criminal in the ninety fifth minute of a, a yeah. game that if you win, you're in the playoffs. Really, yeah. I think if you'd have won that, going to Preston away, Coventry are also a a point further behind than us, and well, how would it work? They'd have got one less point, and we'd have got two, two extra more. points. Yeah. So they're in three points worse off than than what they are now. I just think it's key moments like that. It's not going to be the the losses like away at Burnley at home to Preston, it's gonna be the the games where or like the tiny moments where you need to stand up and be counted and just basically just go and head the ball. Yeah. I, I think that's the most frustrating thing as a fan watching it. Do you think it comes back to what we've been saying now and again throughout the season of the two soft? They are too right, soft. At yeah. this moment in time. At the stage they're at, like a lot of young players, you know, at this point in their development as a team, as a collective, it feels like the two. So, because after the pressing, I know we're going to get on to the pressing game, but after the pressing game, what happened there with Hedges missing? Well, Hedges having a moment of stupidity, really. There's, yeah. you know, there's no other way of um, describing it, chipping it, you know, into in the hands of basically passing it to the goalkeeper <laughs> and then. They got the other end and started counter attack like well. Um, I, I I text you after that saying they just haven't got that dog in them. Yeah, like, you know, they just yeah. That that is the case. It is the um, it it's a winning mentality. It's not just like being too soft or um, being hard or anything like. That. It's just having that winning mentality of it's a ninety fifth minute. Nothing gets past us and. I think higher marks Jokeres, which is fine from the corner. Um, him is the really dangerous player. He's taking the corner. I just think I, you just want one person. I think like we don't really get organised. Can the keeper come and get it? Probably. It's landing in the six yard box. I think the keeper should be at least yeah. challenging for it. Mm. Um, but like you, you just need someone who's gonna like. Wherever the ball's landing, I'm going to go and stick my head on it and but get kicked in head. And there was a lot of discussion in the build-up to the Coventry game about dropping Purs for Kaminsky. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, and we were talking about um, in the podcast before um, how you know you'd sin Kaminsky, sin Kaminsky, um, and the idea was that he weren't going to play for the rest of the season. 
and now I think it, it weren't it weren't involved in Monday's game oh, for family reasons. For family reasons. So, so either the baby being born or just going back to see the family for ready for the baby to be born. So yeah, something like that. So. Congratulations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of them. It's it's all if buts and maybe some of the saves he made would Kaminsky save. Like it's just you don't actually know, do you? Like, mm. hindsight so if you could put both keepers at net and see how they deal with it then you'd know it, uh, Per's coming in as the second choice keeper does he have that same amount of respect as what Kaminsky demands like from his defenders does Kaminsky grab people in that corner and say right you here you there when that ball's coming in is he pushing people into the way of the ball or is he coming out himself and grabbing it you, you just don't know do you but it's just so frustrating and I'm coming away from the ground Obviously, I walked back past the door and ended up like Sandy Lane that way. And a lot mm. of Coventry fans walking with me. They were obviously buzzing, like super singing about the goalkeeper. And one of them was like, "Oh my god, best moment of my life!" And I was just like, "I hate to, like this is what you like when you draw. I hate to see you lot when you win." And they were like, "Yeah, no, but like we're going up now, aren't we?" I was like, no, probably not. I mean, if you're snatching a 95th minute equaliser against us, mm. your chances of beating one of the top two uh, one of the top two of the playoffs yeah over two legs and then winning the finals probably quite low um but yeah it's 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 a sickening feeling like walking through the away fans or the opposition fans when you've just conceded and it were horrible like the players walking over to the black men and it was just like, the atmosphere was so flat I think a lot of people knew we'd, we'd blown it at that point yeah um I think people thought we'd blown that gate. I mean, it feels like we've been saying for like the last God knows how many weeks I always miss win this. Uh, uh, must win this. <laughs> Got to win this one. Um, and going into Coventry, that was the case. Um, and obviously, if, if we'd held on in that game, it would have been huge. And we would be in a situation now where if we beat Millwall on Monday, um, you know, we'd be in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but you could also say that about the pressing game. So or the whole game, or the or, whole game, yeah. or Burnley. You know, the, yeah. you know, get onto that as well. The the handball from Barnes in the last minute. If we get a penalty, score one one, get that point. Yeah, these are all crucial moments over the season. Um, but yeah, before we get onto that, we'll talk about Preston. So I obviously didn't go to Preston. I was in Benidorm for the weekend. Um, we finally found a place to watch. Well, the pub actually turned it on like ten minutes in because. They were showing Man City, City Sheffield. They were showing Man City Sheffield, and I literally went up to the bar and I was like, "No one's watching this game. There's no City fans here. There's no Sheffield United fans here." Fair enough. If there were, I would never like. If there were Sheffield United fans sat there watching it. I would never go up to the bar and tell them to change no. it. Cause I'd just go find someone else. But the fact that the telly was on and literally everyone was facing the opposite way, and we're like, there were there were us four, and then another um, stag dude from Blackburn, like eight of them. Or like there's like fifteen lads here, like that want to watch the football. Please, will you put it on? And eventually did put it on, and we watched it in there. And there are absolute scenes when somebody scored. <laughs> like it, it was scenes when he scored the handball, but it was like it was like a celebration, like because I, I knew something weren't right with it. I knew it was either offside, because just because the way he celebrated, if it no, or... it was more. It, it didn't look like a natural header, which obviously it wasn't. Yeah, but it was weird from the the angle because it looked like the ball was too far ahead of him. And then the way like his body arched, I just thought he's not edited that. It just, it just mm. didn't, it, the way the ball went, it wouldn't have looked normal for his a header to go that way. From where we were stood, 
like we were quite near the front, so like the like, like the uh, pressing keeper, Iverson. No, 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 Iverson. Stephen uh, Is it Stephen Iverson? What's he called? Pressing keeper. Definitely Iverson last season. Is that is that him who was playing for last? No, I think so. I've I don't gone know. Couldn't tell you. Um, but yeah, pre- the pressing keeper was like kind of like blocking our view of like our view of it. So we just couldn't tell. Like, we, yeah. we had no way. Like towards like head. Slag it referee off. Well, <laughs> you don't know like, what you're doing. Well, you couldn't really do that either because you're in no position to yeah judge it or call. Yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, the the, like, the scenes after that were better than the scenes when we actually scored. <laughs> yeah, I think because it just came out of nothing. It was just like. Yeah. Um, like a, a random cross and then you just punch it in but yeah the fact that he's actually gone off celebrating I mean you can't you can't really blame him for that because if he doesn't celebrate the ref's going to stop it so the best way to almost like con the referee is to pretend that you've genuinely scored a goal I don't think the ref actually knew mm-hmm. I think the ref has guessed based on the Preston players reactions and Smodic's like look over the shoulder like he he taking that you can't win that I think the ref was like quite quick with it Really, cause I, I, and I think from where he was said, I think he actually saw it, and then like the Preston's, the, the Preston players' reaction just kind of confirmed it to him, kind yeah. of thing. Um, yeah, I, I think of how quick he gave it. I think he did see it. Um, we've already mentioned it, but we'll have to go on to uh, the Ryan Hedges. I put Hedges' choice. I mean, we'll we'll get on to this. We'll discuss club matters. The decision making at the club is absolutely rotten at the minute. This is just, I mean, he's almost two through on goal. I'd rather have, if like a defender's on his back, I think he runs into the corner from halfway line and just holds it there. The fact that there's no defender within 30 yards of him, he has to go for goal. But then once he gets into the penalty box, he's got, he has to, has to smash it towards goal. Or probably the best thing to do is just smash it into roof at away fans. Yeah. Like, just anything apart from what he did. Because I don't even think the keeper goes down in that situation because I think the keeper's expecting him to smash it. It's because you have to, like, stand up big. And he's never going to, like, dive low to stop a bottom like, bottom corner slot or a, a cross goal. Just, just do anything apart from what you did. I just don't understand it. I, I just, never in that situation. I don't would. think he ever looked like he was going to score, though. I, I, I was yeah. kind of like... Like watching him run through from the away, and you're like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" But you're like, "Oh!" At the same time, I didn't know, look confident. Confident. No, um, you know, if that were, I don't know, like Jordan Rose or someone like that, you'd be like, oh, <laughs> "Already oh, celebrating right, <laughs> on pitch, <laughs> on pitch behind him." Go yeah. on, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just frustrating. It was frustrating for we were just like, "What is he doing?" And obviously, twenty seconds later the ball's back at net other side at net and it's a big hoof from the keeper Wharton goes down could he probably bring the striker down away but I didn't think we are in that bad of a position even though he gets away from Wharton there's not really anyone in the box he has to cross it the cross is crap and I don't understand Hyam's footing or the way he's stood because You'd think if he were clearing that ball with his left foot, it should only go one way. I don't know why he stood like a penguin where the ball's going to bounce off and go in. Yeah. Like, oh, it almost like goes behind him into the near post. 
I think it's just like a a group of errors in it where yeah. Hedges should put the ball either in rolls header it back at net. Wharton should stand up and then or then foul or maybe not foul but just make him cross it into the box and nobody, which he has done, and then Hayam should clear it. Yeah. It, it was an awful moment though. Yeah, I bet Terrible. to be in the ground um, at that, that point. But it feels like I've had too many of them this season. Um I said some of after game, like it just feels like another kicking the bolts result in a season of kicking the bolts. <laughs> results, the, thing, you know. the thing is if Preston score first and we equalise in the 95th minute, we probably come away thinking that's a good result. Yeah. That point's a good result away at, at Preston at this yeah. stage of the season. But it's just I don't know, we were joking in Benidorm saying like have they booked an holiday for after the end of the season, they're all like sticking together to try and not get it playoffs. Like I'm going <laughs> Going back a lot on thirteenth of May, I need to mm. need to be out of here. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I don't. Obviously, I don't think they're doing it on purpose. That's a silly thing to say. But the, the amount of things that are going against us currently, and the amount of mistakes that we're making, the amount of bad decisions we're making, it can't just be luck. No, <laughs> it can't just be bad luck. Really. We have had I some hope not. Bad luck, obviously. Like I just mentioned there, the Barnes penalty shout, and I mean the handball could be. I think that's both luck and bad, bad decision making. Bad, yeah, bad decision making, bad play, whatever you want to call it. Um, but you know, sometimes you make your own luck, and the hedges chance that is definitely one of those. Yeah. yeah. So obviously we've had two setbacks in the ninety-fifth minute, and probably the worst game we could have after that is Burnley at home because we were quite low on confidence and. I think it, yeah. you could tell around Evil we were low on confidence. Yeah. It wasn't um, really like, I don't know, I think we, it would have beat Preston 1-0, would have been excited going into the Burnley game, the atmosphere would have been lighter. I think a lot of people were more worried than, like, and even like, that like they announced the team and it wasn't the strongest team and normally you'd be like, we've got a massive chance here, but I think after what had happened in the previous weeks we were still a bit flat. Yeah, I think um, all considered though, with, all, with everything that the team had been through in those weeks building up to the Burnley game, I think the the general performance is actually pretty good. Yeah, it was. Um, but again, we didn't create anything, and that's that's probably in that respect it was exactly the same as it was over there. We didn't, you know. No, we don't create anything. We do. I mean, we defended a lot better. We battled a lot yeah. better. Um, Wharton was very promising in midfield. Yeah, we've not really spoken about Wharton yet this, uh, this podcast episode. But honestly, what a play! That boy will go right to the very top. <laughs> he will play <laughs> for England. Wharton he will win the, the Champions top. League. <laughs> the he will, he's just unbelievable. And there's like moments where he turns into trouble, and then or like he's dispossessed and he's like he does one of them little hooker slide tackles and like spins it back around we're back mm. again on the break just he's got absolutely everything and I think I, I think I tweeted something like we've been robbed of a season with Adam Wharton I mean 16 appearances over what we've played this season 55 games yeah if you are fortunate enough to keep hold of him he's got to be like a certain starter yeah. next season got to yeah. be I mean Thomason said stuff about him like not applying himself in training and stuff and that's the reason not played every game but I just think he's got that not aura about him but that's just his that's his personality he is laid back he is I could imagine Maybe, him like 
slow walking around Rocco, like, just like shuffling his feet because that's how he plays. Like he can't be bothered, but ends up it's like an effortlessness. Take, yeah, taking yeah. the mick out of him. I bet two guy didn't apply himself in training that many times. We're not comparing him to two guy yet, um, but I can see him having that laid back attitude. I couldn't see him putting in the hard yards in training. But when you're that good, do you need to? I mean, there are, there are mm. certain players that will get to where they are because of the effort they put in. Um, I don't want to like start naming names because it's disrespectful because they, they will all be good players. But there's also players that are that talented that they look like they're not making the effort. But I don't know. It's just that's just the way he plays. And I think he, we need to build a team around him from now on. He's like the key to any future chance of promotion yeah. or. Um, achieving the playoffs in the future or any sort of success I don't want to say would you sell him but how much would it take in the summer to get rid of him Fifteen, twenty. I'm, I'm more towards 25-30 yeah. I'm, I'm trying uh, to think I, I think that's my like, at least yeah, but I'm thinking like con- considering how you know how important that money would be to Rovers. Um, yeah, I think at least fifteen twenty. I think anything less than twenty five, um, I wouldn't sell him just because. I think another full season in the championship. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't ever see his price tag going lower. Like, don't, so like there's certain players you have to take advantage of like when they're in good form like Adam Armstrong for example like Diaz when, yeah, well, yeah not worth 6 quid now worth 6 million um, but like the amount of money um, what we got for Armstrong was because of the great season he had the championship the season before I think Adam Armstrong uh, Adam, Adam Armstrong Adam Wharton's got a unlimited ceiling he could be as good as he wants to be yeah Um. so that price tag will only rise I think Jordan Rhodes was like another one we sold at the right time, like probably at its peak. But I mean, what is he? Eighteen? He's nowhere near his peak yet. So that it's not like if we don't sell him this summer, he's going to be down to like yeah. five or ten million yeah. in a couple of years. It is only like thirty, forty, fifty million, depending on how much experience he gets. So yeah, twenty-five million. If we, I mean, if we're ever going to reinvest it, I don't know. I don't know if I'd trust. Um, trust them to get the reinvestment right because like I said and we'll get on to it the decision making has been absolutely awful Um, I not really watched the highlights from Burnley yet because one, I mean there weren't many to start with not really the um, only one I've seen is when Dolan did the into Rovers TV and it shows the flick on where Hayam stood right behind him mm. right in front of the end goals and that was a moment of frustration from where we work it's like just leave what, what's he because there's no way, there's no way he's gonna get the amount of power to like force to save out the keeper. Yeah, because like he's back to goal. He's about four foot ten. Right? <laughs> the other thing I can imagine is like he thinks if Burnley plays behind him and he flicks it on, there's gonna be someone behind him to like head it or volley it in. You don't expect in the middle of the goal to be the person behind you. You're you're on centre half, ready to tap in. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Again, I, I it's just 
really, really bad decision making, like why he's tried to do that. But then you don't know if he's heard a shout as Haim shouted, as Haim like lost his voice because he thinks, oh my god, I'm going to get a tap in against Burnley. And like he's just like speechless and thinking, like, I don't know. It's it one of them, like from the Blackburn, that, that was like another one of them. That's the moment. Mm. Um, we'll we'll talk about the goal because I mean that was the only bit of quality in the game. Yeah, really. Mm. Um, a lot of people have said he's done it in like the two games previous. He's done it in the game since four like, games in a row. He's done that. Yeah, kind of goal. And people have said like, you know what he's going to do? How? Why can't you stop him? But the way he dribbles it, like he dribbles it almost away from goal. And then he's like shooting from behind his body. So as a defender, you probably like think you're forcing away from goal. You're doing a good job. It's not like he's cut inside in his passion. He's like mm. ready to curl one in. Um, he's he's actually like, not getting any closer to goal. No, you've like you've almost like defended it well. But because he's going away from goal, one you can't lunge in because then he can like cut and go past you either way. You're still like shepherding him out. But before you've managed to get there, he's whipped it in top bin. Mm. So I don't think Pickering's. Uh, doing anything wrong I just wish we had someone who would either try that or because we don't shoot enough like how many times was it, it might have been the Coventry game it might have been the whole game where like Travis and Dolan were taking so many touches on that edge of the box yeah. you just think well someone just smash it I was struggling to score just like just hit one yeah and like never teams know. are coming to you with like 10 men in the box like if it takes a nick off any of them yeah and like sends the keeper well, we never get that look or do we never get one where it just Hits someone and spins into bottom mm. corner. We've had it so many times against us this season. Um, Full time celebrations for them, obviously. Very difficult to watch. I just saw um, it straight out there, me. I just. No. I mean, the <laughs> atmosphere. out as quick as possible. The atmosphere was good for us as well. A lot of people stay behind, like singing Raw Whistle would Die at the end and stuff. A lot of. Uh. Not day trippers, that's the wrong way to put it. A lot of people just not doing usual football, um, what's the word? Not like behaviour, but like certain rules that you go by. So I like went downstairs at half time, waited till half time, and that was the first time I think I've ever waited all the way to half time whistle, and it was still quite quiet. But going down the stairs, people were just like stood chatting on the stairs. I'm like, etiquette, I'm thinking that's the word. I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I was just like, move like, yeah. like if you could just stand more of the way the stairs that'd be absolutely perfect mate mm. thank you for that but people just get in your way and it's so frustrating and then I saw people going through the turnstiles where obviously you have the grey bit on top for the season ticket the slot underneath for the, the one guy honestly if I could do a magic trick to the, to the turnstile machine <laughs> ticket were going all the way around it were upside down it were like bark over here they were like licking it off his head and tapping St- it Stuart watching like what's he doing there <laughs> Stuart like pink <laughs> Three hearts, you're right, mate. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was a poor night, but it was almost like a promising night because we'd played so well compared to how we played in November. Yeah. Yeah. But again, so, that didn't give me much solace on the way home. No, I just even morning after, I still felt like you've not scored against them for years, have we? Yeah, yeah, it's bad, really. I know I'm not winning is bad enough, but not scoring. I never know a goal to celebrate. It's just, it's killer, absolute killer. Um, so we finally got over the Burnley defeat, um, and then we played Luton at home on Monday. We both went 
what was your this is like obviously the most recent game as a recording that's how long we've been it's been three games since we properly recorded so we'll have a proper review of Luton because it's fresh in the memory Um, not frustrating a bit slow a bit flat first Timmy, off lackluster soft again <laughs> yeah um, by the last obviously the last ten minutes were awesome really and if Smodic's last minute Thunderbassic <laughs> goes in then you're on pitch it's quality in it but again it's just one of those moments that you just need that bit of luck to go for you and I feel like every team that achieves something over the course of a season will have maybe two or three of those moments and we just can't seem to get one mm. to go our way um, yeah, it's just annoying annoyed at the team selection when you want changes I mean I thought Diaz and were, the, were Luton's best player in first half. Everything created for Luton came through him giving the ball away in the middle of the pitch. He really wind me up on Monday. What is what is wrong with him? Is it, I mean, a lot of people say he might be injured, might be carrying or not, but if that's the case, you don't play him for 90 minutes because he's not giving you anything anyway. So no reason to keep him on. Mm. So what what is going on with him? Like, what is happening? I don't know. I, 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 I honestly don't. But to me, he's, he's one of those... The, I think the problem is, for Rovers, is that he's one of those players that because we have such a lack of options at the minute, then he just kind of like he just kind of gets a free pass. Yeah. Um, which, you know what? It's far from ideal, but that's just the situation we're in. Yeah, we don't but have that competition until, for places, do we? Until the summer, but hopefully we'll be able to strengthen in such a way that, you know, someone... Is going through a poor run of form like that, um, or just like you know, not trying because they've lost interest. And I, I'm not saying that's what he is doing, but I mean, you know, definitely, you could definitely argue that with His actions, with how he, with that. how he's played. Yeah, yeah, it's been. I mean, I thought Dolan was poor with his first touch; couldn't trap anything. Um, it was too easy for uh, Luton players to just manhandle him off the ball, basically. Yeah, Dolan Dorn was really poor. That was the most frustrating thing about Diaz on Monday. So they had Tommy Lockyer at centre-back, who's 5'9", 5'10". He's not the biggest of centre-backs in the league. The right-back, is it Christie? Mm. He's not as big as Diaz anyway. You could not you could not, noticeably see that he's bigger than both of them. So for me, goal kicks, we should have Smodic Dolan round him, putting the ball and either getting first and second balls. Instead, we were going across to the right wing where Hedges and JRC were pushing up onto Amari Bell, who's 6'1", 6'2", quite a stocky lad, like, quite athletic. And the other centre-back, the big, the captain, I can't, is he called Collins? Yeah. Mm. The big tattooed guy, he's like 6'5", and I just think, and sometimes you sit in a black man and think, "Is it me? Am I am I missing yeah, something? Yeah. Like, have we seen like, have we seen that the five ten and the five nine guy are good in the air compared to the six foot five guy and the six foot two guy? It just, for me, it was just blatantly obviously to either punt the ball up to Diaz, even if he doesn't win the header, just jump with him, and then Dolan and Swadich wins the ball, and then you build. But instead, we're kicking it out to their left wing where they always won the first contact." And then JRC and uh, Hedges are having to run back 
to collect the second ball. It just, it just didn't make sense at all. Mm. Um, Did he think that with the chances in the with the chances we had in the first half, we should have scored before they even went in front? So I think that I there's one that there's one that fell to Pickering at the back post, yeah. and, and then there was one where Dolan should have squared it to Schmodix, and again, decision making. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean Dolan has never scored from there, um, <laughs> not even on FIFA. So I don't know what he's trying. <laughs> it's a classic. Let's go for their faith. Um, so the Smodic and Diaz in the box. I think either cut back, try and beat a man and shoot, or roll it across to one of them to try and get onto, drilling it across goal and not hitting the target. Even if you hit the target, the keeper parries it out to one of them too. But to just drag it wide, it's piss poor. Um, Pickering, yeah. I mean, he's a fullback. Not really a great finisher. He's just the ball's fallen to the wrong person there, and it's not yeah. far away. It's not like he's scuffed it and it's gone no. out for a throw, and it's it's just a bad miss, uh, like an unfortunate miss. Other than that, JRC forced to save out the keeper of his legs, but there wasn't really anything clear cut who went through. And I thought we definitely yeah. scoring here. I thought their goal were too easy. Morris, wheezed back to goal, is allowed to walk out and then turn and then clip across in unchallenged I think you've got him he's back to goal you just force him out wide until he has to pass it backwards you don't let him turn and just mm. clip a 20 yard pass into the box could have been a foul on JRC they're like leaning on him at the back post yeah but again go and edit or the keeper go and grab the ball I don't think anyone should be heading it in the back post off a floated cross mm. four yards out um, again, it just goes back to that decision making, doesn't it? Uh, second half, a lot better. Some frustrating moments. The set pieces again. I know we ended up scoring from a set piece, but and there were one in the first half where I think Hedges plays it short to might have been Diaz. It was like towards the right hand side at Darwin end, and like, he plays it short, plays it behind him, so then he has to, like turn and fiddle with ball. And then whips the cross in and just get clear the front post. We're like, you can't have worked on that. You you can't have done anything in, in training all week. Like, what what is the aim? Are you have you seen that Luton mark everyone at the back post and you're trying to swing? Like, there was just no thought behind it at all. I can understand short corners if there's going to be like loads of movement and you're going to eventually create a gap. But at the minute, we're just taking short corners and crossing the ball in. So you might as well let the corner taker cross it in. Hmm. which obviously resulted in the goal. The first corner or set piece we've seen were it's an outswinger whipped into the penalty spot. Yeah. And one of the centre-backs has got his head in it and scored. It's it's simple, but it's effective. Bloody old-fashioned, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> again, it goes back to the decision-making of the we advertise. I don't know whether we've employed someone's been a set-piece coach. I know there was an advert for it in the summer on the website hmm. and on Twitter and stuff. If we have employed someone, <laughs> the shit knows what he's doing <laughs> because he's not doing a good job. Um, I mean, like you look at teams that are successful at the top of the league. They have like specialists, so, like Liverpool have like a corner specialist and a, a th- like they have a throwing coach, and that um, I mean, I think it's gone from like first and second contact. They used to get like fifty four percent off throw-ins. And now they're up to like 89% since they've got this throwing coach. So, like, 
nine out of every ten throw-ins you take, you keep the ball. Like, mm. well, I mean, what a row is on. We must be on... Probably thinking like out of ten throw-ins, probably keep possession comfortably. Three times out of ten, yeah, two or three times. Yeah. yeah, it's not even like. I mean, the ones where we throw it back to the centre backs and we play it around about that's fine. But like, go at work in the line. I wonder and stuff. how many set pieces, like corners, free kicks, result in a shot on target. Well, would be well, the second worst. Yeah. Attacking from set pieces, we're like mid-table for defending set pieces, but actual goals scored from a corner were the second worst in the league. It's pure, Zach, I feel like we've always been a a club that have been good at set or, or have had good set piece takers. Really. <laughs> well, I mean, the Blackburn end gets excited. I mean, against Burnley, the Blackburn end were like every corner we got, like come on, and it's like yeah, but have you seen us take a corner in the last eighteen months? Like, what are you excited about? I know what you mean about good set piece takers, like. You look back to the Pedersen and Bentley season, and yeah. Um, but I know what you mean. That that first contact, or the shot. I can't remember the last time, or apart from Carter's goal, like the centre back got his head on it, and the keeper like tipped it over the bar, or had like a yeah. like someone headed it off the line. We just don't make first contact with set pieces at all. Um, and then again in the last minute, Smodic hits an absolute worldie that's from our angle is flying in. You know, the, the most recent one I can remember was Hyam's header against Sheffield United in first half. Where, From the free kick? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's probably the... That's a missing one, but that's like... That's the most recent one in my mind, anyway. I mean, you go back to, like, Alex Baptiste against Liverpool. <laughs> 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 my God. That, but that that is, like, my... Um, so, like, an outswinging corner at the front post. Defenders run across his man, heads it, keeper tips it over... That it's should like, that should be every corner yeah. for us. Like we've got two massive centre backs. Um, you know I mean, Galley when he's on the pitch, I mean, if he hits his head. It could go absolutely anywhere, but we'll at least try it. <laughs> <laughs> Hope that he aims for one corner. He bounces it over. So, just see what happens. <laughs> but that should be the template. And that should should be practicing. But you see, like some teams where they all queue up on edge of box and they all split and run different ways. We just stand, stand there and hope it hits one of us on end. There's nothing at all. Um, there was one I lost my head on Monday. So Thomas crosses the ball in, and it were a great cross, and it it gets headed out by the centre-back. It had been a corner, because all the centre-backs had come out, or either a corner or a free kick, and everyone was up for the free kick. And then he gets the ball down, and he drills a cross in. And that made just absolutely went. I was like, "Are you thick as well as fat?" Like, all the big lads are up from the back, from the back, and you just drilled a crossing. You stupid! Man. You just want to grab people and shake them and be like, "Drill, cro- drill cross, car to absolute daisy cutter, penny spot." But I just want to. I want to like sit him down here and show him and just say to him like. When that ball came back to you and you saw Hyam and Carr at back post and 17 Luton players at front post, what made you think, I'm going to drill this one? You know what? <laughs> Listen, lads. You're not going to expect this. But I'm going to drill it along the floor and all that it works. It's a bit of a curveball, but it is. But, like, no one seems to shout at anyone. No, There was one, a moment on Monday where JRC pings an 80-yard pass and it goes over Diaz's head. Bounces then goes out of play. It wasn't an all, it wasn't a massively over it. It could have turned and run and chested headed it, done something. Yeah. But he just allows it to bounce over his head. And Travis runs over like he's, 
<laughs> just want to burst out crying and be like, why are you giving him a thumbs up? Smack the shit out of him. <laughs> like, smack him and say, pull your finger out, sort it out. Like, the, the, uh, going back to the commentary game and the Preston game, does anyone bollock hedges? Does anyone bollock the people at the front post and say, why not? Like, Purs doesn't scream at anyone and say, edit, ed the actual mm. ball. Burnley at home, not really anyone you can scream at for the goal, but the handball in the last minute, you've got to have people in, you've got to have people in people's faces, but I mean, we didn't really speak about that, we spoke about Burnley, but the handball in the last minute, Britain should be in the Lions' face, there should be eight players around the referee, I don't condone it, but it was that obvious. The Lions bottled it. Mm. The referee I can argue, not agree with, but it, I can understand how he's missed it because it's the other corner of the box. So to see through that many amount of bodies and it's like the wrong side of the referee, fair enough. The linesman, just no excuse at all. Right in line with it. Mm. A lot of people have spoke about bringing VR into the championship. I think Thomason mentioned it as well. I don't want VR in the championship as it's currently run. But an appeal system for VAR, yeah. I think that's obviously getting appealed by Britain and the rest of the team, and like they're watching the replay and giving a penalty all day. Um, Barnes coming off by that point, dived in the first half, couple of fouls in the second half. I mean, the dive, I don't know how you can not give a yellow card, it's so blatantly yeah. obvious. Um, Court could have been sent off. Brownhill could have been sent off to tackle on Wharton. I mean, they they obviously ta- targeted Wharton from the first minute because they got fouled the most. Um, but the one on Dolan by Jack Cork, that scissor-style tackle, I think Dolan gets up too quickly and does him a favour. I think mm. if he stays down, screams a little bit, rolls around, <laughs> I think that more of a deal's made out of it as a red card. And I think even the Luton game, no, the Luton game, the Coventry game, were... The centre back stamps on the back of Swanich's leg. Right, yeah. Like Swanich should be going down and rolling around, showing the cut on his back of his leg to the ref. But, but we don't. We're just too nice and too. Too How respectful. How do you change that though? Like, you know, looking ahead to next season, Lead, leaders in the dressing room. Yeah. Uh, we've probably lost a few over the last couple of years. Like going back to like Mulgrew, Bradley Johnson. We're gonna lose more this summer if Ayala and Dak don't stay. Um just need some like experienced like hard nuts, but but without sacrificing the creative flow. Some of the the quality players that we've already got in there. So For me it's players that have won promotions or yeah. won or been in winning teams, that's what yeah. you need. Um I mean Lewis O'Brien would have been the perfect example. He did it well, he got to the playoffs. <clears throat> final with Huddersfield the season before that's the kind of thing you want people that will drag you over the line but again you don't want to put them in the team and disrupt that creative flair we've got but you just need I mean it sounds horrible to say but Ashley Barnes is available on a free in the summer and no 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 no, no. no. someone it of was... that mould though no <clears throat> oh, well yeah someone of that mould I suppose but just not a dingle well <laughs> To me, something that was blur- blurringly obvious um, from the game last week, week four, God knows when it were now. Last Tuesday, weren't it? Last Tuesday. Um, was that in that Burnley team, it looked like he is the only one that 
he's just com- completely incapable of actually playing football. <laughs> he is, not he? He, yeah. he, he cannot play. He's, he's a court horse. Yeah, he's a bully up top. Yeah. Right? I think if you could sign someone with that physical nature that can also score goals, that number 11 for Luton at the weekend, I'm sure he's out of contract in the summer, out of bio. He'd be perfect. Quick, six foot five, good in the air, holds it up, good on the ball, can finish. I think he's got like 15 goals a season. There's your man. Mm. I mean, if we don't get in the playoffs, I'll be supporting Luton in the playoffs. They're the team that I want to go up. Um, Whether they'll stick with players like Adebayo and Tommy Lockyer, because I don't think Lockyer will be physical enough in the Prem. I mean, they're standing on like five foot nine, ten or whatever. They're the players you got to go and get for me. Yeah. I don't want us like. I mean, we're gonna People have to sell before been we successful back. and yeah, you know, been there and done it. Yeah, yeah. especially the team like Luton, where they've they've grafted to get where yeah. they are. They're not they've not like spent loads of money. They've they've done the hard miles, and he's got like a good team spirit there and stuff. Well organized. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, but they're also like playing with confidence and they probably weren't given that not license like freedom but like, Amari Bell was class on Monday mm. and people are saying like but why don't you do that for Rovers or... but I mean Luton play a very narrow 4-4-2 so he's got that space to run into at Fleetwood he played in a 4-4-2 diamond so he had the full wing and before he signed for us had 11 assists for Fleetwood and then Tony Warby signs him and plays him in a 4-3-3 where there's a winger stood right 10 yards in front of him. So, I know that's years ago now. The decision-making is still absolutely shocking because if we'd have kept him and not played Mark Santonson, Adam Armstrong, Burton Diaz, Harvey Elliott, someone 10, 15 yards in front of him, he could have been a really good player for us, but instead he's having to limit himself I always used to say that the halfway line was his limit he never used to run mm. past it but watching him on Monday he's quite clearly a quality championship player and maybe a premiership player next season so yeah. right before we get on to Millwall away this coming Monday we'll talk about club matters um, something that very passionate about recently so the first one I want to talk about is decision making and this is <laughs> how many times I know I <laughs> we're, we're, we're <laughs> on, on the decision, decision making short every time so decision making at this club is rotten from top to bottom oh just bring my trainers in Lewis so don't get wet bring your slippers in oh, it's raining oh bloody hell oh bloody hell get washing in <laughs> Don't bring him in there, wet. <laughs> Don't bring him in here, wet. <laughs> right, so decision making at this club is rotten from top to bottom, including individual player decisions. Hedges, prime example. Tyler Morton going down at Sheffield United. Um, the decision not to head the ball <laughs> against Coventry. Team selections. Now we've seen. Adam Morton only playing 16 games this season. That is not good enough. Sorba Thomas, when he came in, we were on fire. Not started the last eight games, not won a game. We're not scoring goals. Bradley Dax still on the bench. 
are the team selections good enough? Are they justified enough? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he's mentioned about effort in training for some of them players. I'm sorry, like, if you're not winning, like, you need to try something new. You need to mix it up, yeah. Yeah, you need to mix it up a bit. Other things about team selection, what else have we had this season? We had the Kaminsky-Pers debate that's raged on the majority of the season. I think we could have probably said, or, like, tidied it up sooner and said he's going to be my number one from now on. Like, you're on the bench or whatever. Transfer activity. We've, we've spoke so much about January. Thomason's obviously still speaking about it. Still very upset about it. Would you be surprised if he was still uh manager next season? He's that disappointed and that upset about it. There has been rumours of him. Yeah, I think it'd be honestly hard for him to turn down offers from clubs like Leeds. Um obviously Leicester as well has been linked with. Um Feyenoord as well. Yeah, Feyenoord, I, I haven't actually heard about that. Yeah. Um, so obviously that's like, you know, that's a huge offer for him with, you know, with with his playing career and yeah. uh, his playing days. Uh, um, so I, I think it would be really hard for him to turn down those offers, especially if Leeds and Leicester stay up. Um, but I do think he'll give it at least another season. Um, but I mean, f- to be successful next season, in my eyes, it's got to be a huge summer. Yeah, you know, he has got to be backed and backed properly, and and it's got to be, you know, just got to cut mistakes out. There can't be any repeat of what happened in January. It's no. got to be, you know, got to be laser focus. Well, this might happen like it happened done. in January. That's unforgivable, I think. Yeah. Like, I mean, Ethan Briley has been linked with other clubs this morning, whether he's still coming to the Rovers. I mean, it, when he, when Greg did the interview and released it, he mentioned about, like, he's still coming, he's still interested in joining us. And obviously, Rochdale have unfortunately been relegated since then. I mean, I don't think he improves us right now, but for, like, a young promising player, it's a, it's a great signing. That needs to be July the first. First, like for the fans and Thomason to have any confidence going forward, a, a deal that should have been done in January that was held up by paperwork. It should be first day of the transfer window opening. Yeah, is signed, like a picture of him in the shirt and stuff. Although, like if it starts dragging on and you get to like end of July, beginning of August, that's when people are like. No, this is, mm. and that is, you know, oh, just need to finalise a few things that people just see right through that. Thomas would keep saying, like, fans aren't stupid, and <clears throat> they're right to point their anger at the board of uh, what happened in January, but they've got a big chance to make up for it in yeah. in the summer. Loan agreements. I mean, I've said enough about Tyler Morton this season to think that the decision making is rotten. I mean, what loans we had this season? George Hurst didn't work out. Who else have we had on loan this season? Clinton Mauler. Mauler, yeah. Um, and then another. Sober Thomas. 
Yeah, Tom Surfboards. So we had these four players, which is, I think that's like, you're allowed four or five, aren't you? Like You're allowed four in a match day squad, five in the actual squad. So Tyler Morton's obviously played a lot of games. I don't think he's had a huge influence positively on results. Um, other people might disagree. We've got George Hurst, who didn't really get a chance, would you say? I mean, he's gone to Ipswich and bagged goals every week. I think we were saying at the time um, he weren't getting enough opportunities, but I think when you look back, he did. I mean, the the, the Cardiff missed penalty could cost us. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's the thing. It's 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 been that such long, a, such a long season. I mean, when you think back to the first game, it's like the first of July. Yeah, that's it's a long, long time ago. It almost feels um, like pre World Cup was another another season. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean that could be. I mean, Clinton Mauler. Cost, was it? That's, I mean, what is what is going on there? Is he still, he's still on loan wheels, isn't he? Still in, I think so, yeah. So, like, I mean, in January, he should have been sent back and we could have gone for someone else. Yeah. Like, he was never going to play again after the Burnley game. So, I mean, he's not even playing for the under-21s anymore. So what is the point of him being here? It's just a waste of a, a loan agreement. So not just the transfers and the permanent transfers, but the loan agreements need to be looked at. You need four players who are better quality than what you've got that are going to improve you. Yeah. Not... Four players who are there or thereabouts and or worse than what you've got. Yeah. Like Clinton Mullins nowhere near the level that we're at. Tyler Morton's not any better than any of the midfielders we've got. George Hurst, I know we're lacking strikers, but still wasn't the best striker at the club. Mm. And Sober Thomas. Yeah, he's been all been alright, but not set like if you'd got a young winger from the Prem, they'd have probably got a higher influence. And so with Thomas has. Yeah. The other disappointing thing is like that Dennis Undav from Brighton that we wanted to sign on loan mm. in January is now playing week in, week out in the Prem. Scored two goals in a 6-0 win against... Wolves. Wolves. The second finish is just absolutely... Have you seen it? No, I haven't. No. Just <laughs> goals through one-on-one. Uh, I had Brighton Wolves to be a... To be a draw. I mean, I could at the weekend. <laughs> three in the last ten minutes. Get in. Classic. Um, that takes it to a tight angle, almost similar to Dolan, where he should have pulled it back against Luton, and then just dinks it over the keeper. Like just lobs the keeper and like drops in at the side netting at the far post, and just think like, if if any Rovers player did that, I'd be stunning Blackburn with Stiffy. <laughs> like, there's just like there's not one player capable of doing something like that. So if we'd have got him in January and he played every game from January to the season. Would be, I reckon we'd be sat in a miles better position than what we are now. Yeah. So that decision making is rotten on the counter there. Um, set piece coaching recruitment. Have we recruited one? If so, who is he? <laughs> what is Where he does he live? <laughs> um, offers of marketing. So we talked about the final five offer not really being an offer. Um, the marketing of season tickets is just a kick in the face at the minute. This this super saver season ticket. No. If I hear the word super saver next to the eighth most expensive season ticket in the league, it, it, it's just not. 
it's not a super saver at all. It's just Super Steve getting what he mm. wants, unfortunately. I mean, they have done a bit better with the, like on Monday, the pints are £3 all day, aren't they? Right. But that's just a leftover beer from the little soldier in season, yeah, probably. probably. Um, I mean, some of the marketing's been up. Like, there were one where, was it the Burnley game where they said, get down early? And from this time, it's like a pint, a pint, £7.50. One of the offers was like, uh, a pint, a pint, £7.50. Like, well, it, it, <laughs> legend. Well, yeah, it was the... Um, whole game, the, the Saturday whole game night. Saturday yeah. night where it was like, get down from half 12 or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> three quid a pint in Blues Bar. Walking to Blackburn and steaming. Yeah. Come on. I know the marketing manager is... Advertising for a marketing assistant. Um, I mean, that assistant just needs to grab you and shake you. I think for a week, because I don't know. I don't know what what you need summit doing to you anyway. Uh, retail again. The decision to order only twelve thousand shirts and not order any more. Um, the the prices in the club shop. The twenty five pound club voucher that goes on offer every half time draw that. How could you, you can't even spend 25 quid at Rover stores now in there. And then, again, season tickets. Just... There needs to be so much more flexibility there. Yeah. Like Saturday only. Uh, if you wanted to, midweek only. I mean, I don't know if you want to, but I don't know. Someone, someone who works weekends, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, like a like a 10-game ticket where you pick and choose yeah. the 10 yeah. games. And like, if you even have limit, limitations where you only get, like, two Class A games, which will next season be, like, Everton and... Probably, yeah. Preston at home. So, yeah. So, that is... What else is it to speak about on Club Matters? Playoff tickets. If we do the unthinkable on Monday and sneak into sixth place, how much, if we do have to pay for tickets, do you think playoff semi-final tickets will be? It can't be any more than a tenner. It can't be. So, I mean, it's a good thing that we can't possibly get Middlesbrough because they're charging 32 quid a ticket. So 32 quid a ticket for non-goers, or like, or like um, general sale. Mm. 20, 20 pound, I think, for season ticket holders. Right. So obviously they'll have to charge the away fans the 32 pound that they're charging general admission, yeah. which is a lot for a playoff semi-final. Um Luton, I mean, what do we usually get charged at Luton? Like 25, 20, yeah, 30 quid? Like yeah. But at home, I mean, for me, you've got to let season tickets in for free. I, honestly, if they didn't do that, I can't see, I can't see there being many on. The amount of extra revenue they've made this season with the cup runs and... Sky. Sky. Um, there has been quite a few big gates as well, you know, I think Norwich, Burnley, um, you know, so no excuse no excuse season ticket holders you'd like it to be free will it probably not like, mm. probably season ticket holders for a fiver and then everyone else a tenner thing is like if you make it cheaper as well I think you you get more Luton fans down I think if you charge 20, yeah. 25 quid I, don't, I think you're going to get 1500 Luton fans at a push whereas you charge a tenner a ticket or whatever then could get up as like 3,000. Yeah. But the home attendance, I mean, it could be 5,000, it could be 20,000. You just you just do not know. It depends on 
should have been telling us to get down early for I mean, £6.50. <laughs> I mean, if we do get in there, I mean, it's, let's face it, it's unlikely situation right now. We need to win. Sunderland and West Brom need to Not win. drop points. Yeah. Um, but you never know. You know, um, stranger things have happened. Yeah, they have. Um, and if we do get in, our game will be on a Saturday night. I think Saturday, Saturday or five. Yeah. So, you know, with it being on a Saturday, we don't have the midweek game at home. That should, and obviously it'd be on Sky, but that should help. It should be a massive push to try and fill Ewood. Yeah, but will the club understand that and get behind the fans' ability to want to go? Um. Any other club matters? Do you know anything? And you've heard anything or anything like that before we get on to Millwall? Um, I've heard the odd rumor about pre-season, uh, Newcastle okay. at home potentially. That's mm-hmm. Something else, but, but I mean, no idea how true that is. Um, Adam Wharton testimonial <laughs> <laughs> when they signed for him for fifty million, <laughs> retiring his number thirty-six shirt. <laughs> mm. Um. A couple of football matters. Coventry announced their season tickets. Uh, a Premier League plea or pledge. So it's £500 season ticket. And when they get into the Premier League in the next five years, you get your first season ticket in the Premier League free. Um, the normal price is like 400 quid, or like 425 or something. If they get into the Premier League, if they win the playoffs this year and go go up, you get it refunded. Um, so you'd have to pay for the season next year. But like over five years, <clears throat> it'll work out at what seventy five times four, three hundred quid. Mm. So you get a Premier League season ticket for three hundred quid, which just it's just all right in it. Um, we have that they've like so when you stand as the away fans, the left corner opposite. Is now the family zone, and it's two hundred fifty pounds for adult with like a free concession, like mm. adult or teen, uh, not adult, uh, child, child or teen, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think like the extra ones you add on top is like an extra adult is in like two hundred quid, and an extra kid is like twenty twenty five quid or fifty quid or whatever. Obviously, they'll sell quite quickly, I think, and then like the, the behind the goal at that side's like cheapest one and then the two side ones have gone up but a lot of fans have been complaining because where they used to sit was just like a standard seat mm. it's now gone up in price they're having to pay like an extra 200 quid to sit where they've always sat they shouldn't have to move which I think is fair but that's always going to happen in like ball stadiums like that because how do you differentiate between two quality of seats yeah Um, I've got a lot of t- Coventry fans on my Twitter for some reason since like the we played them at home like interacted quite a lot with them um, it's all on like a for you page Twitter and there's people like oh well Chef Wednesday released their tickets so we're actually getting it a pretty good deal Chef Wednesday takes like 650 quid for a season ticket which p- potentially could be in League One yeah that's outrageous isn't it yeah and like it's like up to like 825 like the main stand which just I think it works out like 27 quid a game so it's a lot um, it might even be more than that but honestly I just think 
and it, after last week, Fortuna Dusseldorf announced they were giving season tickets for free next year, hoping that the walk on or like the extra walk on would fill that revenue, and they're going to try it next season. People are like, oh, what a great idea! This this is going to be brilliant for the team, brilliant for the city. Like football fans in England are just the complete opposite. And I just think like if you're getting charged an extra two hundred quid for your season ticket, and your first reaction is yeah, but look what they're charging. I just think you deserve to be mugged off. You deserve to like just be treated like shit because that shouldn't be your attitude. Your attitude should be, let's try and get everyone. What can we do to make it more affordable for everyone? Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. Right. I, I mean, we keep talking about season tickets, and for me, the one of the best stories related to the sale of season tickets at the minute is Bolton. I, right. I think what they're doing, the sales they've. Uh, Managed to recure so far. That I think they sold it's over fifteen thousand now. It's incredible that considering how toxic the mood was there not so long ago. Yeah. Um. Now it feels like you know they're, they're heading in the right direction again, and there's a really good you know feel good factor there. They they won the pizza cup, and <laughs> now you know they're going to playoffs. Um. It, 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 that to me looking from the outside in they feel like a proper club again yeah uh, and, and you feel like if they do come up well I feel like it's when they come up really because if it's not this season probably next, next season, season yeah. um, I think they'll you know they'll, they'll be challenging around the, the playoffs when they do come I mean the the money from season tickets will allow them extra revenue to spend on the playing team Um, they finish what 5th or 6th this year I think, they, I think they're like three points ahead of seventh, aren't they? They'll definitely get playoffs. Yeah. If like you need like a massive goal difference swing to not get in the playoffs. Um, the teams that have gone up, so you've got Ipswich, Plymouth. So the playoffs is Chef Wednesday. Chef Wednesday. Derby and the Derby sixth, I think, at the minute. I think Bolton are fifth and Derby are sixth. So let's get it. Who's up. fourth? Um, but like you've got a lot of big teams there. So like Derby are going to be competing next year. Who's going down from the championship? Reading and now yeah, Reading got relegated last night, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, who else is going down from our league? Blackpool. They'll be strong next Wigan. year with Dobby and Wigan. Yeah, Wigan will be strong. So Barnsley are fourth. I think this will be Bolton's best chance at getting promoted because I think next year we t- it was similar to us. Next year will be tougher than what it has been this year. So the last playoff spot is between. Uh, Derby, who are on seventy six and fit uh, uh, in uh, six, and Peter are on seventy four and seven. Yeah, uh, that'd be a shocking season for Derby if they miss out on playoffs. Yeah, definitely. Oh, is that nice? Um. So yeah, it's a very bright future, regardless of whether they go up or not. Having that, like, um, like that club feel could only be a positive. Yeah. Like, you can't like we're it's like the opposite. At Blackburn at the minute, and I think season ticket sales will be even worse next season. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take for them to wake up and realise what is happening. Um, what else happened in football? So, Liverpool have released a new shirt. I haven't seen it. One hundred and fifteen pound for the home shirt for next season. Is that the because they released two now? I don't know what some clubs do, where it's like the replica one and then like the match. I don't quality know. one. I'm not sure. I know some clubs do that. Well, but the, if, if the actual replica one's 115 quid, that's atrocious. Well, I saw the replica one with 
badges and a name on the back. It's like Premier League badges and whatever badge they, they have on the other sleeve. Um, what, do, what do Liverpool have on the sleeve sponsor? Um, I want to say box T, but I think that's Everton. Uh, and then, anyway, they got the, sure the, the badges on the sleeves and Salah on the back. Or oh, is it uh, Expedia? I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. It might be. Anyway, it doesn't really matter what company is, it's shite. Um, so with the, the sleeve badges and Salah on the back, guess how much? 145. For like a shirt that you can't wear outside the house because you'll get arrested for being... Yeah. <laughs> like, who's paid... And I just think like, for a club that's supposed to be in like a working class city and like what's like... Club of the all people, about club of the people, yeah. yeah, and all that. I just think, do you have when no shame? Like the heritage with Shankly, and do you have no shame? Just, but the problem is, people will buy it, and then, it, like, when does it stop? Will, will will it ever stop? Will we see like a a shirt in our lifetime that will cost like a a month's rent? What, what it? Well, yeah. I just, I just don't get it. I don't get. It. I mean. I used to think that football shirts were bad when it was like fifty quid for each shirt, and it was like home away and third. Like you, they would get like, but to get one hundred and fifty quid for one shirt with a name on the back, no, it's bad days for football. Very bad days. It's almost like becoming franchise like American sports is. They have the jerseys and names on the back selling for. And I don't know. I don't know. But if they're silly enough to pay it, then it's their own fault. Mm. So, Millwall away Monday. We know what we have to do. Nothing's changed since Luton game. We still have to go to Millwall and win regardless. The permutations are that we need West Brom to draw or lose away at Swansea, which looks a lot tougher task than it did probably 10, 15 weeks ago, Mm. six weeks ago even. And we also need Sunderland to draw or lose away at Preston. Now, Preston have got history of letting us down on the final day uh, in the 79-80 season. Rovers and Swansea were battling for a playoff place and Swansea went to Preston and Preston effed it up, the famous song goes. Um... I can't see Sunderland winning because it's a massive crunch game and it's just not it's not like Morbury to go and win that mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, going off recent history and or um, connection to it it's just it doesn't suit Morbury to go and win that 2-3-0 um, Swansea the first part of the season they were unreal um, the last 10 games have been one of the better teams one of the best teams in the league this, the middle patch where they didn't win a game for like 11 games is what's cost them, they're only 3 points behind us, so if they beat West Brom could, if we lose to Millwall, could finish as high as us if it wasn't for that blip in the middle of the season, I mean we said at the start when they, went, they were like in the top 6 wheels that Russell Martin's doing a good job and then he had that blip and we're like, they won't they won't have the patience again for this He's now picked up and they look like they'll be a strong team next season. So I, I can't 
I mean, I'm trying to. I'm trying not to get excited, but the, I'll talk. The, the I might talk I, myself into it. Yeah, the way I see it right now is the worry is more that Rovers won't win than it is, you know, Sunderland and West Brom are gonna win. I, I, I think that's my worst nightmare: us drawing I and them two drawing. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, that would be. If, it, if we were in our hands and we that'd drew, be I'd be. That, that'd yeah. kill me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be terrible that. Or something like if we were winning at last minute and Equal, equalise. Equal. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even worth thinking about until you get no. there. Um, I don't think either Sunderland and West Brom are going to win. To be honest, I, I, I just don't think. You don't think we'll do it? I just don't think we'll win. I, I think it suits like us. Sort of, can Millwall still... Will Millwall secure it with a draw? Or do they need to win as well? Will a draw be enough for them? Yeah, it will, won't it? Yeah, yeah, a draw will be enough for them because even if the other two win, they'll be a point ahead, won't they? I don't know. Yeah, it, will it only be on goal difference? They go No, because no, no, they'll go a point ahead of them, won't they? But no, because they're on 68, aren't they? Ah, so I've actually got it on the thing, so right. They're on 68, so, so they've got 69 with a point. Yeah. They've got... And they've got a better goal... Have they got a better goal difference? They've got a goal difference of 8. Suddenly they've got a goal difference of 10. So no, a draw would not be enough, which I think doesn't help us because they need to win. I think if, they'd, if they could have done it with a draw and they'd have been a bit more laid back and happy with the point, then that would suit us more. Hmm. Starting eleven, not the starting eleven you think. The starting eleven you want on Monday <laughs> afternoon. Mine is going to shock everyone listening and watching, and you. The starting eleven that I want. So I'll let you go first. I think the change I've made right off the bat would be no Diaz. I just think it's completely pointless. Um, I think you've got to include Dak. Um, Defensively, any changes defensively? I mean, I'm asking you. I'll wait. I'll wait till my turn to give my start in eleven. I don't. No, I'm not going to make any changes defensively. Um, Midfield. See, it's a tough one now because it's like how do you organise it going forward? I mean, is Gallagher going to be fit? That's that's a big question at the minute. Fit or not, I think he has to start. Mm. Because, I mean, nowadays with like injections and painkillers and stuff, you can throw him on and if it takes another two weeks off recovery time in the summer, it's not yeah. important, is it? Yeah. Um, so, off that, I think Gallagher through the middle and then Thomas... Maybe Thomas and Smodix. Smodix out wide and then Dak in behind or Thomas Dolan. But you've got to include Dak and you can't... I feel like you can't play Dak and Smodix, so... <laughs> um, I'm going to go Thomas and uh, Smodix either side of Gallagher and then Dak in behind. Um, Wharton and Travis. And then, obviously, keep the defence there. Okay. Okay. Do you think so that'll be the starting lineup or no? No. Just, well, that's what you want. Right? Yeah. So what I want is I'm going Persian net. No surprise. I'm going a back three of Carter, 
Daniel Ayala and Dominic Hayam. I'm going Pickering left wing back, uh, JRC right wing back. I'm playing Travis and Wharton in the middle, and I'm playing Smodic and Dak behind Gallagher. Interesting. The reason I'm going for that is because obviously Millwall are very direct. Um, they will play long balls up to Bradshaw and hope that Fleming gets a knockdown. So I think having a Yarl there in the middle of the back three to get rid of that is, but also from set pieces and um, a Yarl's presence in the box. And if we're desperate for a goal, just shove him up top and go to about four. The full-backs, I could include Britain on one of the sides, but I think Pickering's played well recently. I know he doesn't suit, doesn't really suit wing-back, but he'll do for, for Monday. <laughs> uh, cat is undroppable. I was thinking like playing uh, JRC and Dak behind Gallagher, but then where do you fit in Smodic and playing Thomas right wing-back? I was... Um... Surprise last night that uh, Pickering didn't win Unsung Heroes. So he went to Carter, didn't it? Which yeah. I mean, Carter deserves some recognition for because you know his the way he's developed this season has been brilliant. I think, but Pickering, like no one really talks about how good he's been. I, I think, think that's because he's steady every week and yeah. he doesn't really have a great performance because I mean, all his performances are good. Is that not what un, uh, Unsung yeah. Hero should be? Yeah. Oh. What do I know? <laughs> um, so yeah, Travis and Wharton centre mid obviously picks itself at the minute. Dak and Smodic in behind Gallagher. I think you need Dak straight. We need a goal early, and then if we do go one goal up, that's when you need Ayala to be like winning the headers <laughs> to be Ayala. Yeah, head on a stick. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I'm not looking forward to it at all. I just, What's your dream scenario for Monday? Dream scenario is something like a last minute winner to put us in. Really? Well, would you rather be like on flash scores, Sunderland and West Brom 3 0 down, and us like 2 0 up, buzzing? Or would you rather it be like. If that's like. If you find yourself in a situation like that early on, it's like you're just shitting yourself then, aren't you? (laughs) Um. I feel like if it was like a last minute winner, although it would be horrible for the for however long it's like that before. And, yeah. Um I think we've had so many big moments that have not gone our way to have you know, that, that moment of like yeah. euphoria really, you know. I feel like we're due like eighteen referee decisions on Monday, so yeah. <laughs> like four penalties, two disallowed goals for them or something. I feel like eventually someone's gotta go our way and maybe yeah. Monday. I mean, we've been unlucky in the past on the last day with winning and it not going our way, i.e. Brentford. Um, so, yeah. you know, eventually it's got to go our way. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So, um, we'll be back after the Millwall game. We'll do... Well, it obviously depends how the season... I'm saying, like, we'll do an end-of-season review. Like, it might not be the end of the season yet. Playoff review. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we could be talking about playoffs we could be talking about the season as a whole um, and then we'll do like a massive end of season review when it's all done and dusted and sealed hopefully that's not just yet um, but yeah apart from that anything to add? 
think so, no? No. Right, well, everyone, fingers crossed, say your prayers, <laughs> do whatever you can, do your rain dances, ready for Monday, <laughs> just get everything crossed and just hope that not only Rovers, but Preston and Swansea do the business as well. Yeah. Um, right, and then we'll see you all next week at some point. We'll see you in a bit. See you in a bit. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.